0: I think the lesson is, yes, I had studied computer science at McGill and that was very helpful, but I I don't think that's a, like, I don't think you have to go to college to kind of study this stuff. Like, I think you just have to be committed to learning. You know, I I think just whatever business you want to be in or start, just learn as much as you can about the business, right? Before I started Charge Lab, before I even had the idea... I had gone to like three or four of these like EV rallies and and they were not happening a lot in 2015. I went to literally every single, you know, EV event that there was. And so, so I think, you know, curiosity is, is, is so important and, and yeah, so the software background helped, but I think my curiosity helped far more.
1: Welcome. uh, young entrepreneur Zach Lafave uh, from he is the CEO, founder, and CEO of Charge Lab. Charge Lab builds software for managing electrical vehicle chargers, providing full stack solutions for the future of refueling. Former graduate of our program from McGill uh, and Singularity University, and X thirty uh, six. We just have a fantastic, fantastic conversation about first of all the EV space, EV charging, and the future of the electric vehicle. And we spent a bunch of time on just, you know, again, what's it like scaling a business? And, you know, Zach's uh, Zach's company has raised millions of dollars and uh, has just uh, finished a Series A funding in May of 2021. And really excited about what they are up to in a very, very competitive market, uh, in an extremely fast growing market. And, Uh, I know you'll love this uh, interview with Zach. Thanks so much for tuning in. And you know what we're about is finding amazing young leaders like Zach. So if you know of any people who really, really want to be up to something, are entrepreneurial and driving or want to have great careers as leaders, please send them our way. C. Thompson at studentworks.com or you can hit the link in the show notes. Thanks so much. Zach, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thank you, Chris. I'm super excited to have you and all that you're creating of this super cool uh, new just burgeoning space. You know, so so why don't we get started though with who was Zach LaFave before he got started with student works? You know, what you know, in high school or you know, you know, first year of McGill before you had that first January training.
0: Yeah, well, well, we were just catching up um before this, and I was saying obviously student works painting was. Uh, the first real business that i ran um but i think i could argue it it wasn't actually the first business um at all because i remember going back to uh, you know when i was 12 or 13 um and that was the early 2000s and the internet was exploding and i found out about this website called ebay and um right. i started kind of um buying and and selling you know toys and memorabilia that I was familiar with all the way back, I think, when I was thirteen years old. And then kind of all throughout high school, I didn't I didn't really know the word entrepreneur or yeah. entrepreneurship, but looking back, I was involved in all kinds of kind of entrepreneurial <clears throat> endeavors, whether it's setting up a new club or 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 doing this or that. And so I think I, I always had an interest in entrepreneurship and building. Companies and ideas And so when I started at McGill in 2010 uh, and found out about the uh, uh, summer management program or the student Works program, um, it was just kind of a click for me of, hey, I was in a new environment, in a new city at college, uh, you know, for the first time and, and all of a sudden this really focused and I was like, Oh, this is what I want to do. I want to learn how to run a business. And all of a sudden I got kind of that vocabulary. And, uh, but yeah, I think growing up, I was, I was always kind of entrepreneurial. Uh, I had an interesting experience in high school where I, my parents actually did an expat overseas. So yeah. I lived in Beijing for, uh, for four years, uh, as you know. And so, yeah. and, and that also added to kind of coming back to Canada. Uh, for the first time in four years, going to college, being in a new city, um, and really trying to discover what I wanted to do with my life. I wasn't necessarily studying, yeah. um, in a field that I thought I was going to have a career in. But uh, that all those worries kind of went away when I said, "Oh, wait, I can I can learn how to run a business um, while I'm at college." Uh, and so, you know, I, I think I was the perfect target uh, for that program. <laughs>
1: I agree. I agree. And you did you did really really well in our program. You know, as a as a as a top operator, and then as a you know district manager. Now we're calling them business coaches. Uh,
0: but what do you still rely on from the program? A, a lot, actually. Uh, I think that the um, habits and culture that y- that especially you, Chris, brought to the program, and really just you know hammered home: do what you say. You know, show up on time. Uh, it's amazing uh, i've i've had I've been very lucky, you know, since I finished my student works journey and and went on to do other things. I've, you know uh, traveled all over over the world. I've done business in in different places and countries. I've met with, you know, very entrepreneurial people and very successful big organizations. Um but it's amazing how people forget these things and how much it makes a difference when you yeah. kind of show up uh, in that way. Like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really incredible. You, you kind of go to the biggest law firm and make the biggest pitch and, and uh, you beat the other guy based on showing up on time yes. <laughs> and you're yeah. confirming in advance or communicating yes. clearly or, yeah. uh, or being polite. And so yeah. Uh, I al- always remember, especially, you know, do what you say, like it's, it, it, you have a way of kind of uh, throughout that, even one summer with the program. And I, I had the, you know, luck of doing four summers two as an operator and two as a business coach, you know, it really just became ingrained in, in, in my identity. Yeah. No. And, and well, and
1: again, you were early for our appointment here, so that's great. And it just works, doesn't it? Right. You're busy. We're busy. It's like, wow, we've got this hour blocked off. Let's go make it work. Right. And and it's just so great. And people go, wow, Zach respects me. Chris respects Zach. Right. It's just it's just so workable. And one of the other things I wanted to touch base on is, is just speak to to who you were at the time, you joined a company that we were at $5 million. And I had basically bumped into a ceiling of complexity. I couldn't grow it more than that based on who I was. Really great coach, great recruiter, great trainer, not so good at systems and processes. And, and I remember you and Fraser as two people who really, really assisted us at that time and started to systemize things and process things. And then my wife came in as the CEO and she's been business trained. And then. Patrick came on and started changing that. And Kendra made a big contribution. Just all these people making more and more, John Cameron now, my son, Devin, making more and more of a contribution uh, to really, really make a difference in systemize. So so I remember when you, when you moved into something even more entrepreneurial, it just so made sense. Like that's something that really works for you, doesn't it? Systemizing and making it fit, making it work really well.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think you also bring up... Uh... You know, a great point about student works, too. and and I'm sure all the people who are doing the program today are finding kind of their, um you know, Fraser and Pat and Kendra. Yes, but when exactly. I think back to that time, you know, I remember the clients and I remember the program, and I remember the referability habits and everything we learned. But I probably, you know, got the most out of that kind of group of people in the organization. So it was also I was also so lucky you know, I guess when I was a business coach, so I started when I was 18. Um, so I was a business coach by, you know, the time I was 21. And, and I think most people learn much later in life and in their career, how important that kind of cohort of people they surround themselves with is, but I was there, I was, you know, 21, um, you know, Fraser was the same age. Kendra was the same age. Pat was the same age or a year older. older. Um, and, um, but we we took this incredibly seriously. And when yeah. we said, you know, we're going to take this from a $5 million business to a $10 million business, like we all knew that that was the goal. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and I think we did, you know, I think, yeah. I think when I started, we, we were at 5 million, we finished in 10 and, yeah. you know, correct me if I've got r- wrong, but you've exploded since then. Yeah, yeah we're 25 uh, and, now. Yeah, we're 25 now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> which is amazing. Um, yeah. Which is amazing. So, so yeah, but but no, I, I also everybody brings something different to the table, and you know, frankly, I I thought I could bring a lot to uh, the the company at the time. Student works with kind of systemata- systematization and documentation yeah. and yeah. design and and how the whole thing looks. But then there are also people who you know I did do well as an operator. I did do well as a business coach, but I was. Uh, I was never number one because right. there were people who were just phenomenal salespeople. Yes, and uh, and I, so I learned a ton from them, kind of getting to bring my skills and 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 help uh, the company and help my peers. Uh, but then then watch, uh, you know, people like Kendra and Pat uh, and Fraser who who were just you know phenomenal salespeople. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. No. And, and, uh and, 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 again, it's, it's finding your unique space, right, really in life. And and this is meant as a kind of a proving ground and a training ground. And so one of the big things that, and I know we talked Chad, a little bit about, but you had this really unique opportunity to get involved with the next 36. Maybe you could share about what that's involved and what what that did to help maybe shape your, shape your future as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um and, and I think I can go from the next 36 in, into a uh a quick pitch about what I'm doing now Absolutely. Lab please and please do and what we're we'll yeah. building. Yeah. Um, but so I finished up uh Student Works in 2014, I believe. Uh, I mean it's all you know yeah. summers and spring, so 2014, 2015, <laughs> one one fall or spring. Yeah. Um and, and right right after that I went into next uh 36. Um, And this is a program run out of Toronto. It's put together by a phenomenal group of technology entrepreneurs. And um, it's almost the same as the summer management program in that it's a one summer program trying to get together the most ambitious Canadian entrepreneurs and teach them how to run a tech business and tech company. Now that... Uh, tech has become so kind of top of mind. Right. Um, You know, a lot of people are coming into that program already having started a a startup or already working on an idea. But at the time when I did it seven years ago in 2015, they were just kind of bringing uh, individuals together and then putting us in teams and... Uh, the the only difference with student works is in student works we had a, a business that already worked and we got to learn that business and we really got kind of great at operating and understanding how to operate a business where we know the business model is already tried and true. Here it was kind of one step further of hey we don't know what the business is so let's get these young people together in teams of two or three or four and tackle a big problem uh, that you can solve with technology and so. Uh, at the time they were, they were letting in 36 young Canadians into the program every year. So I was one of the 36, um, you know, it was a very exciting program. I, at the time was living in Montreal. So I moved to Toronto for the summer. Um, and I got together with a team of, uh, two other people. We made a team of three and we started kind of looking at problems around us and and in the world. And we ended up, you know, starting a little tech company that summer, uh now the company I started with those two individuals uh you know I ended up leaving it after the end of the summer they ended up shutting it down a couple months later the idea didn't uh the the idea w- didn't work out um but at the time that we had been exploring kind of what's coming next in the world of technology I had gotten really interested in electric vehicles yeah um, and you hear about them every day. It's not even like everybody now know, knows what a Tesla is. Everybody's yeah. seen ludicrous mode. You know, everybody's, everybody is, is aware of this. You know, everyone's getting electric BMWs and, and Mercedes now. Um, but back in 2015, there was one Tesla on the market. So the Model 3 that everyone has was not out yet. The, the going door Model X was not out yet. Um, so there's one Tesla. There's one Nissan. There was one Chevy. You know, and 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 one BMW and and maybe a Kia. So there were like five electric vehicles available in North America. But I started kind of going to these events to test drive them and understand this industry. And it just kind of clicked in my head that that this is the future, and it's only a, a matter of time. Yeah. Um. There's a number of things about that technology that kind of clicked for me. Um. But one is actually just the simplicity. An electric motor is far simpler. In a gasoline engine. So we all, you know, or, or, or many of us have owned gasoline vehicles and you're changing the oil and the timing belt and, and the brake pads and all of this. Uh, with an electric car, it's just a very simple electric motor. And and you don't even have to change the brake pads as much because the motor will actually do regenerative braking. So when you're slowing down, the the battery recharges, but you're using the motor to slow down the the car rather than the brakes. So you don't have oil changes. You don't have timing belt. You don't have any of that, but you don't even really have to change the brake pads that often. So it was clear to me that that was the future uh, because of the you know, only having a summer to kind of work on the project at the next thirty six, I didn't end up working on electric vehicles at that time. But about six months after the program, at the beginning of twenty sixteen, uh, I went and I started this company, which would become uh, Charge Lab, uh, which I'm still running today. And and we were just sharing uh, kind of before how Charge Lab is scaled up exponentially with the EV industry. And in 2016, it was, you know, it was me and, and one uh, engineer that I had recruited to, to uh, you know, to, to be my co-founder and help build it. Um, you know, in 2017, we were like three people. In 2018, uh, you know, we were like five people. Yeah. Um, but, but now we're, uh, we're actually 48 uh, people all across uh, the United States and Canada. Uh, most, you know, about two thirds in Canada, one third in the U.S., um and we're going after the whole North American market. So, anyways that that's kind of the where the next thirty six program started, and then that's where it took me to where where I'm doing what I'm doing now. But you know, I I love the quote about kind of connecting the dots in reverse. Like you don't yes. know exactly what to expect and 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 what you're gonna do, but you know it makes a ton of sense going from you know flipping. Pokemon cards on eBay at 13 to, uh, you know, running my first business with Student Works to doing this, you know, tech incubator to to starting this tech company. And the last thing I will say is that the reason I got into the next 36 program, because they only pick 36 high potential individuals every year, uh, is because I I went and I wrote my application. I say, hey, for the last four years, in I've addition doing to doing this. my undergrad, I started a business. I became yep. a business coach. Uh, you know, I coached like 25 other, you know, college students to yep. to start their own businesses. Um, and so I, I have to give credit where credit's due. And, you know, I, I would have never done the next 36 if I didn't do student works and I would have never started Charge Lab if I didn't do the next 36. Uh, so it's just great how those those dots connect backwards.
1: Well, that's that's awesome, and I feel really great about that. And I remember chatting with you a number of times, and one of the things I, I shared with you is I remember going like it was really early, uh, you know, the whole charge lab and the whole charging stations, and I just go, well, this just seems really smart, Zach. Like this, it's it's got to be a huge market, so you're young, you're smart, like, yeah, like go bet on yourself. Let's, let's go do this. This seems really exciting. Like, you know, I remember thinking about that. Now, obviously that's very conceptual. Okay. That's, I, I really don't know a lot about, about it, but, but I do know a huge open field that you can go run into. But one of the things that I, I, again, I, I, I love to go back. It's always easy to see backwards, but at that point, do you remember some of the early ideas that you had about how you were going to make money on charge lab. I remember one time you 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 built some big charging stations, you know, maybe with retail stores or maybe with the government or whatever. And then how it's morphed the business plan or the idea about you know making this work.
0: Yeah, I mean, great question. And Charge Lab today in twenty twenty two is an entirely different company yes. than uh, we, we like. We actually had a different name in twenty sixteen, and we, event, we changed the name to Charge Lab. It's the same corporation that was incorporated, yeah. and we were working on electric vehicle charging the whole time. Right. Um. But I think there's a really important lesson here, which which is uh, I there's different ways you can start a business. You can you know leave a business you know really well and kind of yes. do the same thing yeah um or or you can start something entirely new and there's pros and cons to each but entire starting something entirely new nobody knew how EV chargers were going to work back in 2015 and yeah. so it took a, a number of iterations to figure it out ultimately one of the things i studied at college was computer science and i really got into thinking about software and programming in the next 36 program uh, even though my role at Charge Lab is is uh, continues to be more of the salesperson than uh, writing the code, but uh, so so I was interested in electric vehicles. I wanted to do something with software. Those were kind of the pieces I had. At the beginning, you know there weren't enough kind of charging stations out there to just go write a software layer, right? Yeah. So we got into this kind of turnkey business where if you were a, a business owner, um, let's say you own an office building and, and you have employees that come there, and a couple of them started driving electric vehicles and they're saying, hey, I'd love to charge work. It would be a great perk. It would be like a free espresso machine for me." Um, You say, okay, I'll go buy some chargers and and I'll hook them up. Uh, And so we got in that business of of reselling the chargers, uh, borrowed a little bit from my student works experience because we started working with a lot of electrical contractors. So understanding the kind of contracting process and and bids and tenders and how these jobs get quoted uh, was very helpful. And, that, and so that's where we started is kind of going into businesses and installing EV chargers again, whether that's for their employees or there's a lot of condo buildings in Toronto and Montreal, and those were the markets yeah. we started in. So we go in condo buildings and install EV chargers. Um, and, and what became really obvious is there was there's a missing software piece here. Um, because if you are that office building owner, you want to give EV, EV chargers for your uh, employees, um. how do you make sure the, the guy from the office next door doesn't bring his Tesla over and and steal your electricity? And so what our software does is it, it controls access. You can give access to specific EV drivers. Uh, we do billing and payments. So when you go into these condo building settings, condo buildings are all about kind of equality, right? You can have an EV charger, even though your neighbor doesn't, so long as you pay for that and you pay for the energy that you use. And so we have We've built this very complex software pl- platform now that sits on top of a number of different brands of EV chargers, and we'll process the payments. You know, if you're in a condo building, you know, you plug in and charge, uh, you know, we, we bill you uh, for the energy you, you use, we remit that to the building. Um, and then there's an even more kind of interesting technical problem where all of our electrical infrastructure is not built to support EVs, um, you know. Uh, you know I, I believe Chris that 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 uh, you built your own home or yes um yeah so so when you did of course back uh, back in the day you talked to your electrician you said how much power do I need they said oh you need a hundred amps you need 150 amps you know they weren't thinking that you were gonna have two electric vehicles which one day, we will right? which
1: we will, <laughs> which we will that. That. <laughs> um, uh,
0: and so that same problem applies to kind of condos office buildings and so our software is also really good at doing the what we we call load management or power management, where you can actually put in more EV chargers than your building can support. And if only a few people are plugged in, we give them full power. But if too many people plug in, then we'll kind of turn everybody down. Um, and through so-, so that's such an interesting use of technology because through software we can actually save hundreds of thousands of dollars of upgrades because if you were to go back to the hydro pole and pull more power, you know you, first of all you have to pay the utility you know ten grand just to to do that hookup, then you have to put in you know a couple more panels and all the label and uh, labor and permitting. So we actually literally have this software that people pay for as a subscription; they pay us per charger per month, you know, uh, to connect these devices. Uh, so they pay for this software as a service, but it ends up saving them hundreds of thousands of dollars in in infrastructure costs. And uh, and ultimately we want a future where everybody can drive an, an electric vehicle. Right. Uh, and that's only possible if we can kind of share the limited uh, power that we have.
1: Right. And then I, I, I'm sure one of the uh, other things is we're going to largely fill it up over, overnight. So electrical demand will be lower. And then, okay, great. We can we can spread it out amongst exactly. the electric cars, and then you don't always need a charge, so you don't have to worry about it as much, et cetera. So those are many of the big advantages of electric electricity. And so one of the things is, you know, the strategy you've chosen is fantastic. Okay, so maybe I won't try to share it. You share just again what. What's going on? Because there's a bunch of people who are saying, oh, hey, I'm going to go build some electric uh, chargers, but you've created a a, a really awesome strategy. So why don't you share that with our leaders?
0: Yeah. So the the first key component is that we're hardware agnostic, which is basically just a a big word for we don't build chargers. And I think there's an an overall business lesson here, right? We know what we're good at and what we're not good at. We're not, you know, we're not manufacturers. I mean, and you and you could say say the same thing about Student Works. Like we yeah. we don't manufacture paint, we yes. just put it on the house. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right? Um, you have great partners to, to manufacture the paint, but you, we don't do that. So we don't build any hardware. But that's given us a great business development opportunity because we've approached these big electronics manufacturing companies like ABB and Siemens um, and then other Asian manufacturers. Um, And so they need a software. They they don't have an in-house solution. So, you know, we've partnered very closely with a number of manufacturers who are now selling their charging stations with our software embedded. Um, and the analogy that we often use um, is, you know, we want to be the, the windows of EV charging or the yes. Android of EV charging, right? Yeah. With Tesla, they, they build their own superchargers. It's all proprietary and it works great. You know, I have an iPhone and and it's a phenomenal product. It, it integrates with my AirPods and everything, but an iPhone's not for everyone. So you, yes. so when you go to the Android world, you can get a Samsung, you can get an HTC, you can get, get a OnePlus. There's so many different choices. And so that's really where we sit. You know, when you're installing chargers in your building, you can get an ABB, you can get a Leviton, you can get a Siemens, but it can all run on, on Charge Lab. Um, and what this has allowed us to do is really partner with these much bigger companies rather than competing with them. Yeah. Right. Frankly, I don't want to compete with ABB Simmons. who has... <laughs> yeah, Siemens, who has, has you know they've already got breakers in in every building in in North America. But if I can bring something to the table that they don't have, which is a great software and a great user experience, and so that's kind of you know how how we've partnered. And and then another thing that we've done is we do do a quite quite a bit of white labeling as well. So you know you can imagine, uh, you know, I'll I'll, I'll just use examples that we don't do for yes. kind of confidential of who our clients are, but you could imagine, you know, Shell or, um, you know, Esso would, or, or Petro sorry, Canada yeah, would want to do a big yeah. network. And so we say, Hey, we don't need to put the charge lab brand at the forefront. If you're building the Petro Canada EV charging network, you know, we, we can sit behind that. And, and now we don't do Shell or Petro Canada, but there's a number yeah. of big brands that we actually do do. And, and some more that are are going to be announced, uh, kind of in the in the months and years to come. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think it's about really knowing your strengths and and partnering and being an entrepreneur is not easy. And, and yeah, you know, when I joined the summer management program, you never advertised it that way. You never said, yeah. "Hey guys, this is the easiest summer job you'll have." <laughs> That's <laughs> you not know. what we
1: said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the opposite. So yeah, so being an entrepreneur is hard. Um, so wherever you can find partnerships and. And other individuals or companies to support you, yeah. you know, building our software layer is hard enough. You know, yes. we have thousands of users. We're testing it. You know, someone clicks something and it doesn't do what they want, and they get very upset. Yeah, um so we want to focus on that and 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 I think there's a real lesson there for anyone starting a business is you know your your intuition may be that. Oh, I'm gonna do things end to end, right? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna build the whole house, I'm gonna pour the foundation, and I'm gonna put the last coat of paint on. But as we know from the construction industry, that's that's not what happens. People yes. specialize, yeah. and if you can work together and communicate well, you know, with the other people, with in our case, with the people who are making the chargers and the people who are building the networks and putting their brand out there, uh, I think that's a, a recipe for success.
1: Yeah, no, I love the strategic alliance uh, plan. And again, even more, the four referability habits work so well with that, right? And then, you know, why does this big company, Siemens or Abity, you know, want to work with this software company? Simple. They don't want to go and invest and maybe not do it as well, et cetera. Oh, wow, this really works great. Our business model is to manufacture and we can deliver this value fantastic we can just go and do it faster and easier and we'll work with charge lab right so just so it's just so our leaders here it's like this is again a win-win they're like oh wow this is great we don't have to figure this out because what's our expertise it's not in that you know and, so and like, i think
0: it's not not getting greedy too right like yes. you know when you're a student even when i was doing i can't imagine how when i was going doing student works in my second or third summer they jacked up all the prices of 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 the paint and so you're like you know, you may, at one point, be like, "Oh well, student works collectively. We buy so much paint. Why don't we just go yeah. go manufacture?" Our <laughs> We've own- had
1: people talk to us about that. Yes,
0: right, <laughs> exactly, but- yeah. <laughs> But in my view, you, you don't want to get too greedy, right? You can yeah. really get a lot from these partnerships. And, yeah. and and at some point, you may do that, right? It's, it's always yeah. a business strategy. But but for us, I know we'll never manufacture the hardware. Yeah. It's just not our expertise. Yeah. Um, You know, I, I always say uh, in the world of, of our hardware and software, I'd say software is hard enough. Yes. <laughs> you know, hardware has the word hard in it, but software <laughs> is also hard.
1: Yes. Yes, it is. I can only imagine. Hey, leaders. I hope you are enjoying this podcast. As we approach and surpass 300 episodes, well over 95% of the leaders that we have interviewed have been alumni of the Student Works Management Program. It has been an honor to participate in their development over the years. Starting now and only for the fall months, we will be on campus at universities and colleges in Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you are interested in being a leader in our program or know someone who does, please go to the show notes and hit student works and get sent to a landing page to apply. There is a bold student works that you can hit to go to a landing page to apply. Thanks so much. Back to the show. And so what do you think about, you know, because because you're operating as the CEO, sales, head of business development, head of strategic alliances, etc. Um, and you've got this software background, you've got this engineering background. So that must have been pretty helpful, though, to be able to really understand. I know you're not writing the code, but what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's important to be able to understand enough about your product and what you're building. And you know, to to plan and understand that things are going to take time and money to build. Um, and also to call BS if 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 a competitor says, Oh, we 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 can do all of these things, you can say, Really, can you? Because I know how difficult that is. Or, right. um, or if someone on your team says, Oh, this is impossible, and you say, No, I, I know it's possible. Um, yeah. you know, l- luckily today I'm I'm surrounded by a great team who, you know. I'll I'll borrow from you, Chris, and say who are, are far smarter than me technically and, <laughs> and, and way better at this stuff. But in the early days, you know we 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 didn't have resources to hire, you know, all the best people. so uh, so I had to kind of watch out for, you know, when we when we were missing pieces of the product. but I, I mean, I think the lesson is, yes, I had studied computer science at McGill, and that was very helpful. but i I don't think that's it like i don't think you have to go to college to kind of study this stuff like i think you just have to be committed to learning okay. um you know i know you're a huge reader and yeah. and you read a ton and you know i i think just whatever business you want to be in or start just learn as much as you can about the business right before i started charge lab before i even had the idea I had gone to like three or four of these like EV rallies and, and they were not happening a lot in 2015. I went to literally every single, you know, EV event that there was, right. um, you know, I would show up at at 8am at these things and like grill everybody there until the <laughs> end of the event. Even if they didn't know, they were just someone who drove an EV. They were yeah. just someone who was, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, selling the, a dealer of the Chevy EV, you know, these, these guys didn't know that much, but I really just kind of grilled everybody and understood everything, and then I, I learned about EVs, and it brought me to this question about electricity in the grid. So yeah. great, I went and found people who I went and spoke to electricians. I learned all about the grid. I learned about uh, you know high voltage and low voltage power and, and three phase power, and you know how in in Canada we use six hundred volts, in the US they we use four hundred eighty volts for uh-huh. commercial services, and yeah, um, and so so I think. You know, curiosity is 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 so important, and and yeah. So the software background helped, but I think my curiosity helped far more.
1: Yeah, and I know one big thing that I notice in fundraising is is the idea of co-founders. That's something that 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 people look for or investors look for. Uh, So maybe you could share share that experience of 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 you know the. The ability to find, and I know I heard you speak recently on a podcast about your co-founder, who you're just incredibly charged up about. So maybe you could just share about that experience.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I can share a lot of experience here because ultimately, going back to the next thirty-six, you know, when we started this other tech venture in the summer of 2017, you know, they were putting us together on a team of co-founders. So we had we had three co-founders there, and really smart, excellent people, and and I'm still. Uh, you know very close with them but you know we really kind of had conflicts early right. on and it was a great learning experience about expectation setting and and of course one of the key things that summer being like i was super interested in these electric vehicle things and you know some of the people i was working with were interested in other things right. and so we kind of compromised and and worked on something else when i actually started charge lab i did it on my own but since asan joined as a co-founder he he had built another technology company and actually sold it um you know back in in 2017 he had sold the company and he, then uh then he joined charge lab after that you know um it's it's really supercharged the the business so we've raised all of our funding and and or or we had maybe raised a little bit of funding before asan joined we raised Ninety-five percent of our funding since he joined. We've grown the team exponentially. Right. Uh, we've grown our our client mm-hmm. base. So, I mean, I, I think that's kind of a testimonial to the importance of a great co-founder. The much more difficult question is how how do you find Asan? How do you find someone like that? Right. Um, I think you know another one of the questions you you had kind of put forward in advance too is is like advice for people who want to start a business. Yeah. Right. And I think that the best advice, and, and I swear, you know, I'm not being, being paid by StudentWorks to say this, <laughs> um, this is not a sponsored ad, but I, my best advice is, is start, how, how do you say, it? like start another business first, right? If yeah. you want to be, a, you know, a tech entrepreneur, um, the next Mark Zuckerberg, like I would strongly suggest trying to start something smaller you know, doing a student works business or opening a lemon stand, you know, or just being a freelance um, software developer and learning how to manage clients and and yeah. and send invoices and stuff like this. And I would actually build the co-founder thing into this as well. Um, you know, when I was at student works, I got to work very closely with, you know, Kendra, Fraser, Pat, um, all of these individuals. And I really, you know, uh, many of them, had I not gone into tech or had they, you know, wanted to go in a different direction, like I would have started a business with them. Uh, But I also met a lot of people uh, that I wouldn't start a business with, Um, you know, because you very quickly get to know in competitive situations like like the Student Works program, you know, who is a top performer, you know, who's going to, you know, Drive to the client's house at at six a.m. to fix a problem, or or come back at at uh, you know midnight to pick up a ladder. Yeah. Um, versus who's just kind of going through the motions. Um, so I would kind of tie that question in with the you know the advice for starting any business is try to start something smaller first and, and on a compressed timeline. Like right. I, I think the the best part about Student Works is like you know from, from January training to Mexico top performers trip, yeah. you know, is eight mm-hmm. months. And it's kind of crazy for me now, um, Chris, because I've been out of the program for eight years. And sometimes I'll see you guys on LinkedIn and posts like that. And the time just moves differently for me now. I'll be yeah. like, holy shit, like another student works. Year. <laughs> like, oh my God, they're <laughs> in Mexico again. Um, especially in the kind of lows of my entrepreneurial junior, journey, where I feel like we've just been trying to build this one, Feature this one dashboard for the last eight months. Yeah. Meanwhile, somewhere in the world, there's people who have started their whole first <laughs> business and and then you know finished it. And yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I think finding those opportunities to and and I think that's what college can be really good for is, is not necessarily the curriculum and things like that, but getting to do group projects and yeah. and being you know do, doing a group computer science project or a group finance project and understanding people and how they work together. Uh, and then the last thing I would say on our co-founders is just kind of follow your gut. And anytime I've had an employee that didn't work out or a team member that didn't work out, unfortunately, usually the, the reason that we ended up parting ways, whether it was them leaving or us terminating that person, um, was the concerns that came up in the first two weeks. Yes. Yes. So yeah. really follow your intuition, especially if you're talking to something like a co-founder. If you meet someone, if you're pitching business ideas back and forth and you think it's gonna be great to start a business, but then you kind of notice that this person like is really slow to reply to your messages yeah. and that doesn't make you feel good, either you, you know, you confront them and you resolve that, or you recognize that like if you go and start a business together and you're in it for six months or six years or or whatever it is, whenever it breaks up, it's gonna be because of that, that one thing that bothered you in the first, you know, yeah. two weeks.
1: Yeah. And Zach and I are definitely on the page, and most student works people are definitely on the page with that, meaning stay in communication, be in touch, right? It just Life is so much easier, right? And it's respectful, et cetera, and kind and all those sorts of things. So, so, so you write those things about how someone operates. People have different views of those things. That's okay. There's not one way to look at life. So, I, I really, I really like that, uh, that, that uh, feedback. So, you know, as you went, if you, if you think about, again, it's almost, I guess, 10 years ago, but if you went from value creator, uh, you know, student to now value creator in the full time world. What did you need to change
0: about yourself, Zach? Uh, pretty much everything, other than those core values that we talked about <laughs> of showing up on time and doing doing what you say and and doing the right thing. Uh, no, no, maybe I'm I'm exaggerating so. a little bit. You know, every kind of uh, as an entrepreneur, every every day is is a journey, and you're learning something new and like I've been doing charge lab for long enough now, you know, keep in mind, again, kind of these timelines getting compressed from, you know, my first day of January training in student works as an 18 year old to, you know, finishing my last season and, and going to to Mexico, or we might've went to Jamaica that year. Yeah. Um, uh, with my team, um, that was four years and, and it's been six years since I started charge lab. So I can really say that, you know, the Zach who started this company in 2016 didn't know anything. Yes. <laughs> um, in the past six years, I've learned how to build a product, you know, how to sell a technology product. You know, I've learned to try to do too many things where we were selling the hardware and doing the turnkey install to narrow back in and focus on just the software. Right. Um, I've learned what a venture capitalist is. I didn't know that six years ago. Yeah. Uh, I've learned how to raise. Uh, Amounts of money that I thought were would have been absurd, um, yes. you know, ten years ago from these venture capitalists, uh, and so I, I've learned a lot. Um, but I, I, f- I feel like I'm still learning. I actually I have a business coach myself now right. that I work with, um, and and I think that that humility is is really important. And I really saw it in the kind of most successful people of the Student Works program because because some people, you know, they sold a hundred thousand dollars in their first summer and it would, they were on the top of the world. And it was great, but they almost, it almost got to their heads and they thought yes. they knew everything. Yes. Um. Whereas the people who ended up kind of in that really tight leadership team that we had as we grew from five to to 10 or 12 million, and obviously continue to grow since there, those were the people who are a lot more humble. And so, yeah, I, I still, I, I work with the, a business coach every two weeks now. I'm, constantly learning and constantly improving. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that's my answer is I've changed a lot, but, but not all at once, you know, yeah. a little bit at a time. And it's okay to make little changes like, okay, yeah. th- this quarter, I'm going to become a better people manager. You yeah. know, this quarter, I'm going to brush back up on sales because yeah. uh, I haven't had, you know, Chris Thompson coaching me for 10 years. So I've got a little <laughs> rusty. So and this actually happened, you know, a couple of month, a couple of months ago, I went and read a bunch more sales books. I'm like, yeah. I knew all this stuff, but, but with yes. all the product development and fundraising, it had all gone to the back of my head. And yeah. and now, uh, now I'm back to value selling and, you know, and, and things like that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, constantly learning, but it's okay to do it a little bit of a time. You know, for now, I'm going to focus on getting better at sales. Now I'm going to focus on understanding how to build a product better. Yeah, you know, um, and just incrementally getting one percent better every day.
1: I love I love that Zach, and no surprise that you're taking that that you know I, what I hear is humility. I hear just getting better and continue to get better, and like that's what Charge Lab is going to need because the company that Charge Lab is going to be, everyone is is really big and really monstrous. And so Zax obviously wants to be the person running that company, right, and doing really well. And not always does the original entrepreneur get to stay. And the only reason they get to stay is because they grow along with the company. You know, now they've got a big advantage because they know the company the best, right. And they, they you know, they built it and all those sorts of things, but you know, the, the, the founders and I've read a lot about them as is they'll get too egotistical. They think they're the smartest and all those sorts of things. And then all of a sudden, again, the board's the board's losing their faith in them because the board, um, you know, these people have put in millions of dollars into Zach's business and their business are incredibly smart, incredibly wise. They've done this multiple times. So, you know, I'm sure Zach, when he's at these meetings is, oh, what do you think? What do you think? You know, et cetera. And getting their insight, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I- I'm very lucky at charge lab to, to have a fantastic board and I can't yeah. speak highly enough. Yeah. Um. And and again, it's, you know, it's just kind of one, one step at a time because I, I, you know, 10 years ago actually would have never imagined that I could be working this closely with the people who are on our board. Uh. You know, we've got one woman who, who was employee 25 at Uber, right? Wow. So you can yeah. imagine seeing that company grow from 25 people to, you know, every ride in north america or every other (laughs) world yeah and in the world um you know and and then just phenomenal other operators who have built tech companies and 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 worked at big tech companies but yeah i mean i think one step at a time and and being humble and and you know if you're lucky a little bit of luck a little bit of humility you will get the chance in your career to advance and work with um you know uh the the people that i'm so lucky to work with every day yeah and so what about key habits? What sort of really key habits do you have,
1: Zach, that would be good for our young leaders listening to sort of take on and look look at grabbing for themselves?
0: Yeah. I, you know, I think for me, um, the first thing about habits is is just like everything. like you don't want to bite off more than you can chew. You know, I think if you're new to running a business or or new to personal development, you don't want to say, you know i'm going to work up out i'm going to work out every day and i'm going to keep in touch with all the people i want to keep in touch with and i'm going to get through all my emails and i'm going to show up on time and i'm going to do this you know so so I, I i almost the meta habit is figure out which areas of your life you need to improve and and kind of focus on that for yeah. a while um what what i'm doing is is uh not easy at charge lab and and I'll be the first to admit and I know you would be disappointed in me Chris cuz cuz you've always uh, been so great about exercise but you know the past kind of since the pandemic the past 2 years I haven't been as active as I should right. um but I focused on other things I became a better leader we went from having you know 15 people in our company to 48 people so I had to grow as a leader yeah. you know become a better manager uh, and 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 i I did those things and focus on those things and now uh just last week i i I finally bought a stationary bike, awesome. so now I'm biking um, you know every other day getting back in shape uh so so I, so I think there's a couple of lessons here one is like it's okay to slip as long as you are yes. like as long as you know what you're focusing on like i got when I was younger, I got overwhelmed thinking you know I had to do all of these things and, and I think you know you really can't slack you do have to do a lot you have to yeah. eat well you have to be in shape you have to focus but i think taking it one step at a time and saying hey i've noticed you know since running my my painting business this summer i stopped eating he- healthy and i just go to mcdonald's cuz i'm yeah. between job sites so you know, I'm really happy with where my business at, is at. I'm really happy with where my personal relationships are at, uh, but I need to kind of get this eating thing fixed um, so I can run a bigger painting business next summer and be yeah. healthier. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I think forgive yourself and don't beat yourself up if you've kind of fallen off the treadmill, but but get back on it. And yeah. And again, my approach is just kind of focus on one area at a time. Cause once you build a habit, you know, once you're exercising yeah. every day, then it's less work to keep that momentum going. And then you can go focus on something else.
1: Yeah, I I love that. I love that. And again, don't beat yourself up. Great coaching, Zach. And then also, you know, the stationary bike, I've had them in my house forever. You know, and it's just literally, it's like you know, get, you know, young kids. And I know that's not yet, but you know, it's like young kids, family, business growing, and you can just jump on your bike, and the kids are crawling around the floor, and you just get your 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 fitness in. It's well, not, it's well, not. Well, there's perfect, a few things
0: in but it works. there's a few yeah. things in life, Chris, that are like once you do them, you're like. Why did I never? Why 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 did I not have this my yeah. whole life? So yeah. I, I, as soon as I had the idea, I was like, I you know I could I could do this. Uh, I, I know that, and and I mean my my wife and I we um you know we uh we we watch shows on on Netflix and stuff. So yeah. yes, you can't you you can have work life balance. You know yeah. certainly at at the busiest days of Charge Lab, I was working no. from yeah. you know I, yeah I was working from eight a.m. to to midnight every day. No mm-hmm. time for anything. But but now work life is more important, but I was like, Hey, you know, if I'm just going to be sitting on the couch for an hour, I'd rather just be on the bike for an yes. hour. Yeah. Turn up the sound louder uh, yeah. so I can hear everything. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, it, it, it totally game changing.
1: That's great. That's great. So anything else before I ask you our final question, any, any, anything else that you'd like to share Zach, and you've just been again, so generous, uh, to, to jump on with us.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think for uh, you know, kind of the young entrepreneurs, um, don't rush it, right? We talked a lot about that. Um, it's okay to start a smaller business first and learn a ton. Like, Charge Lab was not my first business. You know, that was student works. It was not even my first technology business. That was the company we did during the next thirty six. So by right. the time I came around to starting this company, I, I had a ton of experience, and even then, I felt like I knew nothing, yeah. and then I learned a ton. Uh, kind of in the first year. So be I guess be patient, but be deliberate. You know, <clears throat> I was always patient, but I was always kind of moving forward. And if I was stuck in one place, if if charge lab wasn't growing, we kind of shifted our business model and 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 did something drastically different. So be patient but always have you know forward forward momentum. That's great. That's great.
1: And 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 as well, I, I know it's also something as well that you were always looking out to people, right? And I, and you know, those the, the the networks that you develop, the networks that you continue to develop to keep learning and growing and understanding things, right? You know, with the people in the tech space. I'm sure those people yeah. again that you met at Next 36 and then you met, I know I guess we didn't talk about Singularity University. Those people, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, what are you doing? What's going on? What are you seeing? You know, just just again being in conversation because entrepreneurs die in the dark on their on their own. Right. That's not how entrepreneurs live. You know, again, when they're driving and striving, like, you know, I'm sure sometimes you felt maybe would have been in the dark driving those long, long days. But you were very focused with a real career, real plan in place. But then other times, hey, I don't know what's the direction. That's when we make sure we're out talking to people, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I I actually I mean, maybe maybe one last um, idea I can share just about accountability, because I think it's so important, you know, and. And and hopefully I can share this. But when I was a business coach uh, at Student Works, you know, the program's not for everyone. And and occasionally we have operators who drop out of the program.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: But the number one, the the way I knew when that was gonna happen as a business coach is when I stopped hearing things. If someone was really stressed and they were calling me every day, I would help them get their life in balance and, and everything. But they were calling me every day they weren't going to drop, you know, if they were killing it and hitting their numbers, they weren't going to drop. But when all of a sudden they went silent and I didn't hear from them and couldn't hear back Not from the responsive. text. Yeah. that's when you That's when I knew something was going to run. And the reason I, I i kind of want to tie that forward is when I was doing the Next 36, um, you know, really smart uh, uh, kind of uh, professor of entrepreneurship said, he said, this is this crazy thing, but the best correlation I have for telling if a startup is going to succeed or fail is when they go silent. Because we we ask these entrepreneurs to send us updates every couple months about how the business is going. And so long as I'm getting updates, these companies are continuing. And when I I stop getting updates, that's usually a sign that the business is gonna shut down. Cause just, you know, far fewer operators drop out of your program than entrepreneurs stop their startups. (laughs) Startups drop dead all the time. Um, but but I want to flip it around because I I really thought about this when I was the one, when I'm the one kind of trying to build and say it's almost like a hack. If I just send an update to my accountability group once yeah. a month, if yeah. I just call my business coach once a month and yeah. and maintain that communication, it's gonna force you to do the things you need to succeed. So so that was actually one hack that I did with Charge Lab. Was like, even if things are going horribly, I'm just gonna you know, send an email to a few mentors and the the mentor group changed over the years. Um, but it, it's almost like this, um, uh, self-fulfilling prophecy where if, if you find an accountability group and you, you know, keep that group in the loop, uh, whether that's your business coach or a mentor or, um, or, or whatever it is, um, then, then that's a, a hack that I've used.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, I've been in a, uh, you know, uh, a forum or a, or a mentorship group for twenty seven years, and again, same thing. That every month, get okay, get in, get in. You know, talk about it, learn about it. You know, it's just such such a difference. So, so yeah. So, final question: When you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind, Zach?
0: Without a doubt, um, that humility comes first. Yeah, uh, curiosity you know, someone who wants to learn, but, but also competitive drive, right? You know, changing the world is not a part-time job. Changing the world is not a side hustle. Um, I kind of have my, you know, my issue with, with side hustle. I was never a side hustle person, right? Student yeah. works is like a full-time job. Full-time, and a yes. yeah. And, 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 and I've always been like that. Um, so humility, curiosity, but also, you know, focus and, uh, and, and ambition and drive. But uh, yeah, I, I get really excited when, you know, slightly younger entrepreneurs, I'm still, I'm still young. I you like bad. to think you are. Um, you are, but when slightly younger entrepreneurs come with questions and curiosity and they say, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm trying to figure it out. Um, you know, that's just the most, most promising mm. thing. And um, you know and and I'm sure you agree, like you've been doing this for uh for decades now. I'm sure it yeah. doesn't feel like it, but yeah. you know continually seeing these people with that curiosity and ambition and drive yeah. those are those are the favorite um kind of people yes. to work with yeah and
1: and as well it's 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 just exciting to try to get better you know we're we are not changing the world in the way charge lab is we're changing the world one person at a time, and so that's what motivates me and excites me every year, you know, changing the world one person at a time. But it's always fun to get better. It's always fun. How can we make this better? How can we make that better? And again, when you were here, you helped us do that. Now you're doing it at Charge Lab. So excited for you, Zach. And, um, you know, I'll be watching <laughs> and cheering from the sidelines and, and uh, excited to see all your progress.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. It was great uh, <laughs>
1: speaking again. You're very welcome. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. And, oh, we'll look, we'll look forward to get you out maybe to an event if you'd be willing to come talk to our leaders at a training.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now that I've uh, relocated to, to Toronto. Toronto, uh, exactly. I'm not native uh, to here, but I'm learning all the, the geography. <laughs>
1: all the, all the um, <laughs> well, the good yeah. news. All right. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Zach. Have, a, have an awesome cool. day. Cheers. Thanks,
0: Bye-bye. Chris.
1: Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode.